Hello, 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 and welcome to the Rabbit Hole Heroines. My name is Jessica, the Big Weird Mom. And I'm Jess, Crazy Mother Runner. And we have quite the guest today. We have an up-and-coming TikTok star, Shane Morris, is joining us, and we'll get into his stuff uh, shortly after we do our, our little bit of a parlor, parlor and Telegram update. But welcome, Shane. It's so nice to have you today. It's very excellent being here. So I'm I'm really happy to be part of a live stream this afternoon. It was a good way to end my day. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, we are looking forward to hearing everything about your little project. Um, but let's start off with we've got quite a big week with Parlor. I don't know about Telegram, but um, Marjorie Taylor Green has disappeared off of Parlor, and we nobody can figure out why. <laughs> I wish she would disappear off all places, but you know. Yeah. We'll start with yeah. Parlor. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Start. Well, we'll start with Parlor and then we'll work our way. Hopefully the next thing is just like, you know, government in general, yeah. which yeah. she definitely needs to, to be kicked off. You know, and when I heard that she made that comment, com uh, comparing mask wearing to the Holocaust, oh the God. first thing I did was, was look on Parlor to see what she's saying, because normally she tones it down on Twitter and then, when she doesn't hold anything back on parlor. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. Hopefully she, uh, addresses it soon. Um, uh, another thing that happened is parlor has a new CEO and, uh, everyone is not calling him by his name. They're just calling him Candace Owens, his husband, <laughs> but we have, uh, George farmer who, um, like your friend Simon is not from the United States. He's actually from the UK. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, so no, I didn't know. And they like had a whirlwind romance of like three weeks, right? Like met three weeks later, were married. Like it was, yep. yeah, it was a while. Yeah. 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 They met at some, um, I can't remember it off of the top of my head. Um, it was some right wing, um, event of some oh, yeah, sort yeah. and three weeks later they were they were engaged and they then they got married at the trump winery yes i did so. see that we know whose pockets they're in for sure <laughs> is that really rachel hollis i gotta ask no 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 <laughs> <laughs> i saw your video i was like wait that's that that fits that that uh that that sounds right <laughs> yeah. shoot i mean so i'm disappointed sure now I'm sure she would have loved to be at that wedding, let's be honest. But uh, yeah, yes. no, Rachel Hollis probably was not. She was probably doing a, um, an MLM sport or whatever. Okay. She couldn't make it. She couldn't make it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um, what's going on on Telegram? Okay, well, I did, while, I was while you were talking, I just out of curiosity went to Marjorie's Telegram because she does have a Telegram. Oh. Um, and I did see that she recently posted the Jihad Squad. That's not, you know. Who is who is in the Jihad Squad? Um, the norms, the, 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 the gang, the girl gang on the Dems, you know. Um, radical hate American leftists like AOC, Omar, and their jihad squad are actively cheering on terrorists, Hamas, funded by Iran as they fire missiles on Israel. I introduced a bill to stop Joe Biden from sending $235 million of our taxpayer dollars to terrorists in the Middle East. Then she also said critical race theory is evil lunacy and needs to be outlawed everywhere. And she said some China virus stuff and, and bitched about people that want to kick her off Congress. That was pretty much it. Um, 
but Simon, you know, my lovely, lovely Simon, mm -hmm. he had some conversation about um, the election. It was a really weird post. It was, it's, it said all election audit. Um, and it was an image of the Biden's head semi-imposed on the Joker. I don't really, I'm not really understanding it, but whatever. Um, and it says with Arizona and Georgia days away from official election audit release, days, days away days away. Um, the question is how long before Biden steps down? Um, so yeah, I mean, clearly according to Simon, it's just a matter of days before, you know, Trump's back in office. I'm I find surprised. it super funny though, that the guy, the woman that was heading the one in Arizona fan, and uh -huh. then now the one that's heading up the one in Georgia, that's I guess underway with like a hundred and some odd ba thousand ballots that they're going to allow them to, for, to audit. Um, they've both said we have no intention of overturning the election. And yet everyone on telegrams, like the election's a fraud. It's going to be overturned. The truth will be seen. I'm like, y'all are wild, wow. wild. So yeah, I'm surprised. Honestly, I'm surprised he didn't put Jim Carrey's head on top of I the mean, That was last week. It's a new week. It's a new Jim week. Yeah. Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> You know, crazy craziness persists as we as we have come to come to notice that. And that, I mean, you know, what what is their what is their new goalpost? Do they have do they have some more goalposts? Is it just um, everything is hinging on the well, all audit? Or the last I heard was July fourth or August. I don't. Okay. I think you, did you heard that they were going to have like Air Force One fly across um, um, the Mount Rushmore for. Trump's new inauguration at Mount Rushmore. I'm not kidding. Like I'm doing this with a show. Wow. I know. I like Shay, like what? <laughs> so basically they're like, keep your eyes to the sky on July 4th for Air Force One. Trump's on it. It's going to Mount Rushmore. He's going to be, you know, the reigning king of America. I don't know. It's Oh, wow. It's always bad shit. I give up. I argued with someone who blocked me when I debated them about it, but, um, I was like, so now it's July 4th. And then she's like, or August. I'm like, holy shit, you're like pushing the goalposts as we're having a conversation. Like, do you not hear yourself <laughs> out loud? Like, come on. But yikes. What do you do? So, all right. Anyway. Well, so we have Shane Morris with us. And for those of you who don't know, Shane, um, he does a bunch of stuff on TikTok. Um, I'm just going to start off before we introduce him and have him tell his, a little bit of his story. I'm just going to throw a little disclaimer out there. Uh, the information that he is working on now and the team that he's involved with um, are currently a part of a company with active political campaigns. Um, they're, they're working on projects right now to um, get all of our fun uh, politicians who are our usual team, as just said, out of office. So that will kind of limit um, the amount that Shane is able to um, share with us today. So if he needs to kind of pivot the conversation, um, just keep that in mind for those of you who are on live who are asking questions. Um, and with that, uh, I would like to share uh, the TikTok that uh, Shane made um, that kind of piqued our interest. And then we'll hear from the man himself. So here we go. This is Shane's TikTok video. I need to make a confession. For the past six months, I've been helping Republicans post lies, misinformation, and propaganda on the internet. But I did it for a good reason. 
After the general election, but before the special election in Georgia, I realized that Republicans were spreading the big lie about voter fraud, so I wanted to better understand it. That's why I launched GeorgiaElectionIntegrity.com. It's a fully functioning website where people can report voter fraud, and they can even buy terrible merch. But most importantly, as a data scientist and machine learning engineer, this website allowed me to track every single user, their behaviors, and what they do on the internet. I was able to track over 400,000 unique users and gather 15,000 unique email addresses. Using a proprietary tracking pixel, along with Facebook's own marketing tools and tracking pixels, I was able to triangulate all of our user information and better understand the GOP base, Trump's supporters, what they do, what they read, and where they go for information. It's pretty dark. Last month, when Georgia was trying to implement racist, draconian, anti-voting measures based upon the big lie, guess how many people went to my website? The answer is about 180,000 people. I used machine learning to track 180,000 people in the state of Georgia and what they think about voting. So if you're a conservative or a Republican or a Trump supporter, I need you to understand something. You're being lied to, and I know this because I see all the sources where you get your information, and they're not verifiable. Very often, it's not even Fox News. It's even more weird, right-leaning propaganda networks that are lying to you because it benefits them from an advertising perspective. The more time you spend on their weird YouTube channels and sites, the more money they make. That's why they're doing it. I got inside the Trump lie machine, and I need you to know it was all bullshit. Fun times. <laughs> Welcome, Shane. <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> Good. We're so glad to have you here. Um, if you want to just start off by telling us a little bit about your story, how you came on TikTok and, and how you came into this project that we just heard about. Um, so uh, I have a, a varied background. I've worked in a variety of industries, um, you know, mo mostly in, in programming and engineering and computer science. Uh, I came to be on TikTok because my friend Taylor works for a TikTok. Uh, I've known her for a while and she encouraged me to join because she was like, look, you'd be really successful here. You have a unique voice. And um, I've only been on the platform for, I guess, two and a half or three months now. And I'm approaching 30,000 followers. So it's pretty cool. And yeah, so I, I just joined and I was like, I'm just going to kind of figure it out. And for the first month, I was like making weird cooking content and dad content. I didn't really know what I was going to do. Um, and so then I was like, yeah, so I was like, um, you know, finally, I, I started doing some more uh, uh, scientific computer science, political study information. And then, um, you know, once I realized that the, the Georgia election integrity site was just waning traffic wise, I mean, I didn't really think there was going to be a, a recount in Georgia. Otherwise, I probably would have made that video. But um, yeah, I was like, <laughs> might as well tell people what I've been up to and try and, um, you know, get the word out that uh, opposition uh, material works. And when I did that, people were really surprised. They were like, oh my God, like I, I've seen this site on Parler. That's you. I'm like, yeah, that was me and friends. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty, pretty impressed that it worked. Uh, I was more shocked that it worked, I guess you could say. It's crazy. Awesome. Yeah. So, you know, as, as you and our followers know, you know, Justin and I have been doing those deep dives on parlor as well. Um, I, I think I have, I think I did see your website for sure. You know, I, I think it, it definitely made the rounds on parlor and I, and I'm not at all surprised to hear how many, um, how many logins you had and how many, how much traffic you received at your website. You know, it, they, just want to grasp on to any little thing that will give them, you know, will, you know, validation. give them some sort of validation and, yeah. and a source. 
Yeah. yeah. I actually, I don't need to credit to, I can't name them, but the people who are editing the videos um, mm -hmm. were some good friends of mine. And uh, what was it? Lynn, whatever, and Sydney, the, the wackadoodle weirdos from oh, Georgia. God. Yes. So anyway, they really were just a treasure trove of yeah. sound bites and video content. And like, it wasn't actually even hard to make super cuts of them just like saying random, wild, just wackadoodle nonsense, gluing yeah. it together with some dramatic music. And then we would take like pictures of Chinese tanks, because why not? And just, you know, roll those <laughs> through. And, and it's it's funny. I, you know, it's like making fear porn, you know, like how do you scare really? people? Yeah. And so we would just the, the Slack channel was lively and hilarious because like, what if we said this next? I'm like can we like let's find a clip of them saying and instead and sure enough like we would find a clip of them saying the thing that we wanted to say and i was like wow this is easy so yeah we, we made it work just using like we didn't have to create any original content truly we really just kind they of are things. content yeah they were amazing so like shout out to um them for making yeah, my job Linwood and there's still content oh my god they <laughs> still are, are out there speaking. and the my pillow guy he was good too oh, yeah Mike Lindell. He's, yeah. he's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, truly, I mean, you're sitting with two other people who've literally built a, a platform on TikTok of hundreds of thousands of people, I, you know, millions of likes. And I really didn't add very much. I mean, like, yeah, I had my, you know, yeah. I would, I would throw in some jokes here and there, but like, really, it just was me staring at the camera like this, like, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. The jokes wrote themselves for these people. Right. I mean, they really, they really did. Like the, the wild things that come out of these people's mouths right. is propaganda, but it's also like, holy shit, they're saying the quiet things out all the time. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, I can't even imagine. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, as much as you can of the, the team you worked with, what are their backgrounds? Whereas like you, you come from a data management and, you know, investigative background what 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 other fields were contributing to this project so the first person i reached out to is a friend of mine who i'd known from the music business in atlanta and i talked to him he knew some people that were working uh with PACs and then had worked with democratic campaigns mm -hmm. and he basically said hey i need you know you guys should meet we exchanged a few texts it was like immediate you know same sense of humor same kind of sideways mm -hmm. approach of things and so as soon as i realized they were like safe and you know on board with the idea we realized that we had something really golden because we knew um when the georgia special election was coming up so we had about a three or four week lead up to the georgia special election and so we knew we could we could try and cause a lot of damage so our initial goal was to infiltrate parlor and we found this clip of uh, lynn wood saying that if you know um trump wouldn't support the georgia gop then they shouldn't vote and so we mm -hmm. wanted to get that message yes. out there yeah. like hey don't go vote perfect and so that was like our thing like just use their words to try and you know influence people to stay home because you know it's technically exactly what they were already saying we're just helping amplify their message right. and and so then once we realized it was working and i started getting you know people <laughs> sending me like proof on the form like some of it was just so crazy some of the like like it's never anything original it's always like a screen cap of a facebook post or mm -hmm. you know some crazy right-wing website or something that was obviously mm -hmm. published like on a blog spot site that's just something someone made up and right. so you get these submissions and you just kind of read through them. And once I started reading through them, I was like, wait, there's a lot of these. And then they went from being like, 
you know, the first day there was like maybe three or four, but by like, you know, the second week there was like 400 submissions in one day of voter fraud in Georgia. And it's always the same thing. Like I saw a black guy. It's like, okay. Oh my God. And so, you know, like not, not exactly like that, but it's just like, you know, we don't know where they're coming from. I think they let them out of a prison and it's like, cool. Yeah. We'll investigate that immediately. So uh, that sounds legit. Let's look into it. Yeah. And so, I started making this connection. I was like, wait a second. What if I made more sites like this? You know, like how could I, how could I, you know, further what we're doing in Georgia? And so uh, the the main guy that I was working with, he and I kind of talked a little bit. And then another two guys in the Slack channel, I was like, hey, you know, how many hours a week do you want to dedicate to this? Because I'll spin up the sites. And then what we can do is we can start sending. So we set, we built an email list up about 15. It's actually 16,000 people now. Um, so we built an email list up and we started sending people emails to our other sites that were related issues. So we've got one that is designed to scare people away from immigration because we started seeing that there were like interests. And so we started aiming them towards things that we liked. And I actually modeled it after Glenn Beck's email system. So I, I signed up for Glenn Beck's email, which you should never do. It's <laughs> a thing. But I signed up for his email to understand how their email flows worked. And I was like, I'll just use a template that they use. I'll understand how they do it. And we even feature like sponsored posts that we make up because that's what they do to make it look legit. We mm -hmm. send sponsored traffic to like the, you know, whatever brain pills or whatever the heck we could find on Amazon. And then, you know, make a little affiliate link out of it and make some money. Yeah. But like, it was funny because that's exactly what they do and people respond to it. Like the right wing base is so attuned to this particular type of communication mm -hmm. that sadly it's actually easy to tailor communication to them because I don't have to invent propaganda. I don't have to invent this type of messaging. They're so attuned to the type of messaging that I'm delivering them that they're just very right. receptive to it and they like sharing it. Right. Is yeah. it like a sheep mentality? Would you say it's like a sheep mentality? <laughs> <laughs> well, I no, I I, I, uh, I know some very smart sheep, and I wouldn't want to, um, you know, besmirch the good name of all the intelligent sheep I, I know. know. I just, I just uh, love how much I get called a sheep, and I'm like, you guys realize you all say the exact same things and yeah. give me the exact same sources, and they're all the same bullshit. Like I just, it's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, and I think it also kind of like would probably just from from my perspective of if I was running this project that would that whole aspect of you know you're not creating content that is you know essentially you know making it worse like you're just taking what they're saying and and kind of funneling it and I I would think that morally that would make you feel a little bit better than as if like you were making up some stuff and adding to the fire like can you talk a yeah. little bit about how you felt morally through the, the process. I think he froze. Oh no. I was like, wow, he's staring at me very intently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he uh -oh. did. He bumped. Okay. Well, I still All see right, him well, on here. I don't see him on. Sorry. We'll we'll give him a couple minutes to to get logged back in and okay. Um, anyway, sure yeah, we'll... but I, I just think it's interesting that, like he was saying, they're sending him the same regurgitated claims, and I don't know. It's just funny to right. me how how much of the same sources they use, yeah, over and over again. Yeah, yeah, and and that that kind of you know made me feel a little bit better too. You know, when I was reading Parlor Post, it was like that that 
you know, when people would say, honestly, like, we had no idea it was this bad or like, you know, they were, when they would write me DMs and I know that you get these DMs too, where it's yeah. like, gosh, my, my dad, my husband, my son, my whatever has fallen down this rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. Like, yes. you know, what do I do? Like they, you know, people were thanking me for, for showing them exactly what the crazy was so that they could right. go to their family member and, not that it changed no. anything. Right. I mean, because I see them in, in Telegram still like telling each other, like, my husband thinks I'm crazy. And I'm like, because you are. Because yeah. <laughs> like, you are crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. You know, it's, um, and it, it's crazy that it, it has lived on. I mean, like, I shouldn't say crazy because, um, you know, nothing really surprises me at this point. But like, that we're getting into, like, we're literally like, we have rounded the corner on this pandemic, yeah. you know, that, that Biden is president and the world has not fallen apart, you right. know, contrary to what they thought would happen, you know, and, you know, and they're still like, and people like Marjorie Taylor Green are still like adding fuel to this fire yeah. and like, a non-existent fire, trying to make the most offensive statements that they, that they can, you know, right. just for the sake of, doing it but also i think marjorie has i mean she's she hopped on the the holocaust train a long time ago um you know she i saw a clip today um which while she was <clears throat> like just beginning her campaign where um she uh she was saying that she didn't want any of the um statues of either the oh, confederate yes. statues or um anything hitler. having to do with the holocaust or hitler yeah. to be yeah. removed because somehow that's the only way that she's going to be teaching her kids how, why how this happened apparently books don't exist i was gonna say statues, how often do i drive past statues never right never right exactly and it's like okay and like how often when you drive past statues do you stop and look and say like oh hey like this is what happened. This is why they put this up. But for the Jewish American, for the you know insert here for you know for the Black right. American, like that is a symbol of of so many things: intimidation yeah. okay. and hate and every and like oppression. So much, right. yeah. I know. I don't get it. Like you don't need a statue to learn history. Right. You don't like Google is free. Right. <laughs> Google is yeah. free. Yeah. I don't know. And then she's like making, you know, well, like I said, she's making, I'm kind of, I kind of want to go scout her um, telegram now that we had brought it up because I forgot that she's on there and she's yeah. verified on there. So I know it's her. Um, right. Oh, there's a petition. Did you hear about the petition to remove her? Yeah. I so did. like, it's huge. I think it's over a hundred thousand signatures now. Oh my but, gosh. Um, yeah, it did. She posted a petition demanding Nancy Pelosi remove me from Congress surpassed 100,000 signatures from radical hate America leftists. And now Nancy Pelosi's top lieutenant, Staney Hoyer, the Democratic majority leader in the House, let it be known he is coming after me. Chip in $15 to help me fight my cause. Always grifting. They're always grifting. Yeah. I want to know how much money she made from that um, from that gun. Oh, the badger Whoa. thing. Yeah. yeah, I'm curious too. Yeah, we need to we need to look a little deeper into that. But there he like is. There he is. All right. Hey. Here we go. Oh, whoopsie. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome to power surges. 
we we were just talking to you while you were gone. No worries. Cool. I'm back. Okay. So Um, we were talking about um like the um what you what were your takeaways from it? I think that's what Jessica had asked before we kind of and just kind of like, you know, I was saying that uh I was wondering how you felt morally about um you know, I I would think that it would be um a good thing that you're not actually producing new content and you're not actually feeding the fire as to like making more lies, you know, and, and did, how did that affect your thought process? Like morally going into this? Yeah. Yeah. So the idea is that you don't really need to create anything new. They do it themselves. You just need to amplify their messaging in a very specific mm-hmm. way. And then, you know, the reason we set up these satellite sites is that I would like to amplify Republican primaries eventually um, mm-hmm. and try to make them fight with each other as much as possible. Um, and then obviously when the, um, when the, the general elections happen, the goal is to try and convince people not to vote because this candidate isn't worth voting for because they're not tough enough on immigration or they're not tough right. enough. Yeah. They're not going to defend the Bible enough or whatever it is that their opponent said about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the funny thing is, is, you know, with the power of, you know, artificial intelligence uh, and how we can sort these lists really rapidly. Mm-hmm. I can create an entire list of people that I know is extremely evangelical. And, you know, the goal might be to say, well, this person, you know, you can't, you can't trust a Presbyterian, you know, they, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever it is, you know, just, just these nonsense things that they respond to because as sad as it is, I, you know, I, there was a time, you know, maybe four years ago in 2016, where I might've thought that some of these people could be brought back to operating within like, a reasonable governable society, but now I don't think that. And so rather than pretending that, you know, they're operating within some normal, reasonable boundary, I'll just let them do what they want to do. And they're going to do anyway, and Mm -hmm. just be better at creating conservative media than they are. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's a lost cause. (laughs) (laughs) Did you use any of the information that was um, unearthed in the parlor hack? Um, did you no. integrate that at all? No, yeah. I saw that happen. Uh, oh, I for, for, forget what her name was, or her username at least, the one who like downloaded whatever 20 terabytes of- Crush yeah. Envy, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. amazing, amazing work. And so yeah. it just really speaks to the amateur hour kind of nature of- you know, how Parler was going to be this great platform. Um, and then uh, there was going to be the reboot of Parler, but it didn't work. And then um, there was the Mike Lindell's social network that he built on Drupal, but really poorly. Most of them are not, they're not a sophisticated tech stack. Right. right. They don't have to be. They just have to inject fear and, and general nonsense. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm not at all surprised, but no, I didn't need to use that. And the other thing is with our information, and I know this, you know, came up later, is that, you know, we're not doing anything with this data that wouldn't be done with any other conservative email list. Uh, right. I'm probably, I'm probably, and as much as I hate to say this, I would guess that I'm less hackable than something like Turning Point USA is, um, because these people hire typically like junior level engineers that aren't aren't serious about the job and you know, they, they pass their cell phone around, they lose their cell phone, they immediately lose their two factor. So, mm-hmm. you know, these things have happened in conservative circles. So I, I think that at least in my hands, we know that, you know, these lists are air gapped, like the, the email list that I procured and everything, it's not internet connected. So, you mm-hmm. know, you couldn't, you couldn't get it to it unless you physically came to my house and got my computer. Oh, right. wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's good. Yeah, though. I mean, <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, it was it's it was crazy to see that go down with the with the the parlor hack and to see that that little small window of opportunity that that she had and she just hopped on it and um, yeah, um, it it was uh, it was awesome. So moving forward, like what what was your biggest takeaway from? from this whole, you know, from this whole project, you know, what, it, what would you say was your, what did you learn about that you might not have already known about the, the right? I think the, the takeaway that I had wasn't so much a takeaway. It really just kind of confirmed what I really thought was happening, which is mm -hmm. that you have, so, and I, I've done, you know, typical media, like one of my clients is the largest publisher in Norway, right? A fairly liberal progressive moderately socialist society. And so I've seen how Norwegian citizens triangulate their information. So um, people who have, you know, a basic understanding of civics or have done some background in political science or a couple journalism classes or, you know, just generally somebody who has a, any liberal arts degree, not anyone, but, you know, mm -hmm they'll understand that it's important to triangulate your information, try and find more than one source of information that says something. If the Washington Post mm -hmm. reports it and the Atlantic and the New Yorker, and they all have similar stories, this is probably a real thing, right? Mm -hmm. And you, know, you can evaluate information that way. The way that conservative media operates is that people who trafficked our site, what we found is they had very siloed information where they were only coming from the daily caller or they were only getting their information from very specific YouTube channels. Cause you know, we were using Google analytics like everyone else. And so once you start sorting your users um, and you realize and you're, you know, you assign a non PII uh, code to them, you start realizing, Oh, this is our daily caller group. This is our crazy, you know, YouTube channel group. Uh, you start realizing that they're only finding their information in one place. And right. that way, that method of gathering information and, and viewing the world is beyond unhealthy because most of the people who operate in extreme right-wing media, I, I mean, this is going to sound crazy to say, are really just selling like diet pills and shakes yes. and, and weird books. Yep. And, and just it's there, there it's clearly profit motivated, and they don't really need to report the truth. So they just kind of uh, speculate and wildly <laughs> just, just, just really strange things. Like some of the, uh, some of the articles, you know, that I would read about like, what is this title? And then I would go click on it. Cause I'm like, this can't be right. And then of course, you know, it's, it's, it's like, you know, the thing that we were discussing before we went on air, which was somebody saying that Joe Biden wasn't driving a Ford F-150. Like the, the kind of lies they make up are just strange. Like, I, you know, yes. granted, mm -hmm. you know, Joe Biden's in his mid seventies. I'm not going to say he's the best driver in the world, but I wouldn't put it beyond him to like navigate a truck across what is effectively a football field parking lot or whatever it is. <laughs> a there's, nothing, football field. there's nothing for him to hit. Like, what do you credit? Like what, what is the alternative theory you're proposing here that there's a shadow hand? And that's what they talk about. They talk about the shadow government and there's actually somebody else who's running Joe Biden. And it's like, mm -hmm. no, I just, yeah, I, I think that, you know, I think that what they find is that the reality is boring. I, I think that if anything, Joe Biden is a boring old man. He's a, he was a Senator for how many years he was in Congress before that. He's been a politician. Thank you. He was like 40 late years, tw 20, yeah. late, late twenties or whatever he was when he got elected to Congress the first time. So he's a boring guy. He's extremely calculated. Mm -hmm. He's a VP pick before, and he was a VP pick because most VPs are fairly safe picks. And mm -hmm. he ended up becoming president because Compared to the incumbent, people were just kind of ready for something safe. And so I, I feel like, 
you know, they, they can't just go with, he's really boring. They have to make something up. Um, and so they do like, you know, he can't drive in a, on a parking lot. Why? So right. I, well, yeah. And it's, it's, it's crazy too. Also that like, they, they, they like miss the mark by like just a little bit. Like, you know, if, if they would actually like sit down and do the research, they would find corruption in the government. They would find, you know, crazy yep. problems that we haven't heard about. And it's like, they take the long way around and sometimes they're not that far off the mark, but like their ignorance is just like, just clouded everything about that. And like, it, it's crazy to, I keep saying this, I'm sorry, I keep saying it's crazy, but. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I, I, well, it's going I back on what Shane just said. I literally had an argument with someone about them, about, Kamala Harris boarding a plane. Like I, I literally right. got trolled and like tem temporary banned because I proved somebody wrong about lying about, she showed a video and stuff right before it went for her all the way up the top where she actually boarded the plane. They were like, the plane's missing. I'm like, but why? Like we know she yeah. landed somewhere else and we saw her get off the plane and be greeted by the governor. Like, why do you think she didn't get like the things that they want to conspiracize is just like, I don't even understand. Right. Like, and, but I'll say this. I'm thankful that they don't have a nuanced political view of the world and they'd rather invent their own stories because I do think that if there was a competent GOP right now uh, or just competent conservatives in general, there are, there are legitimate critiques of some democratic policies out there. Uh, you know, and I'll name a few just because I know they probably will never see this, but like, I'm not a big fan of the extraordinary rendition or extrajudicial extrajudicial drone strikes overseas. I think that, you know, yes, these, some people are terrorists, but you know, we're killing a lot of families in the process. Right, and this right. is something the Obama administration did a lot of. They never mm -hmm. ever talk about that. These are issues they don't talk about. And there, there are some legitimate criticisms to our foreign policy in that regard, right. but they, oh, yeah. but they don't get there. And I'm thankful they don't get there because right. you can't be critical of something that's like not real. <laughs> you know, right. like I can't, I can't have a discussion about the crazy Kamala Harris can't get on an airplane theory. Like, thank <laughs> God that's what they're saying. Like, Cause like, that's like, cool. All right. We'll have a debate right. on whether or not she flies Southwest. Like what's the... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, it's crazy. And and I will ask people about like, what, what do you, um, what do you think's not bad policy wise? And they'll be like this. I'm like, but that's not true. And they're like, yes. And like, it's just, it's beyond me. I don't understand. Yeah. So Roddy oh. girl says, does the DNC know he, Shane is doing this? If not, is he going to share with them? Uh, I, so I'll, I'll, I will try and, hedge this answer as safely as I can. <laughs> I I know that there are some people that I am working with that have worked with the DNC in the past. Um, it is highly unlikely that any established political organization would touch me directly with a 10 foot pole. Um, yeah. and, and it's just because the type of oppo we do is something that's, yeah, like it can only be bad. And like, I I would be like if if the DNC ever touched me in any official capacity, I'm like I have like neck tattoos and gold teeth and like enough <laughs> enough enough Google history that they don't want. So it's like, look, you know, like I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do, and it benefits them. They don't have to help me directly, 
and I can work with, you know, the, the pack under a pack that, you know, is being funded by somebody else. And like, thank God for Citizens United allowing anybody to spend money on anything because mm -hmm. it allows people like me to be funded and operated when before it would have been impossible without, you know, a paper trail. Whereas now mm -hmm. I, you know, I create an LLC that's a shell company, you know, that has some random name and it's written into, you know, your, your pack and then nobody has any idea what I do. So, you know, we basically right. just operate like Republicans now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. That's what I was going to say. I mean, you know, people, people are going through Marjorie Taylor Greene's line items with her, you know, with, in regards to this, the, whatever he, she donated, um, or she this. paid to have ad promotions on, on parlor. And there's literally absolutely no repercussions for her actions that, and the, you know, you know, what we've talked about in, um, with her, you know, having the two homestead tax evasion basically. And, and it's like, okay, like, yeah, she did it, but is she going to have any repercussions for that? Right. Probably not. Like, you know, it, you know, and, and we've got this petition, like, why do we need a petition? Why, you know, at what point is she just like so unbelievably irresponsible and, and out of pocket that we just, like she needs to be removed, you know, not a single GOP outside of, you know, the two sane ones said a word about her behavior for four days. It's like four days. They let her make Holocaust style, you know, verbiage on national news. And they're like, we're just going to, we're just going to ignore it. It's just, and I, why? What, because they're scared? Like, what What do you think I don't that know. is? And people are defending her still. Like, she has a fan base that thinks that she is... Like, I literally saw a video where someone was, was also comparing mask wearing to Holocaust. I'm like, you were comparing gen mass genocide to putting a piece of fabric over your face. Like, give me yeah. a break. There's yeah. no comparison. I'm sorry. No, like, there isn't. No, and you know, and I, I touched on this a little bit in my TikToks. Um, you know, I'm hoping to, hoping to speak on this in future podcasts. But, um, you know, my grandmother survived the Holocaust. Her brother died in hiding. You know, in Germany, and you know, she to get any type of story out of her. You know, she she was 14 when she came over here. It was like you know, she didn't share anything about her experience with us until the very end of her life. And even then it was like, you know, it, unthinkable. And she didn't even have to endure the, the, the super terrible parts of it. You know, yeah. she was in, she was in hiding and she, you know, she got out before, you know, the death camps were really in full swing, luckily, but like, you know, to, to even compare her experience where she was, you know, in someone's attic watching her brother die, like it's unthinkable, you know, and, and it's just like, read the room lady. Like, why do you have to be like this? Like why, you know, like, I know. but there's a lot a like that. Human. I mean, they really see this as a way to scream oppression. I mean, Jesus Christ, there's literally a video where they're singing to the freaking Hunger Games thing with three fingers in the air, like lunacy, mm -hmm. you know, because yeah. they're the oppressed. I'm like, are you yeah. kidding me right now? Like, did you watch the movie? Did you read yeah. the books? Like, you're yeah. not Katniss, okay? Right. You are right. not Katniss in this scenario. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's a little strange to me, especially when you think about not just like the 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 strange comparison, but also the the mental logic that you have to use to get there. Cause like you have to put yourself in, in Poland or Germany in 1942 or 43. And, you know, as some, you know, 
Jewish persons being hauled off to Auschwitz, you know, I'm pretty sure they weren't thinking, well, at least I'm not wearing a mask, you know, like <laughs> right? that's just, that's not a thing that would have ever been uttered by any person. Like they were aware of where they were going. They knew it was happening. And there was not a single Holocaust survivor. was like, yeah, the Holocaust was bad, but you know, I, there's no way you're going to catch me wearing a plastic or paper mask. Like, I mean, it's just the, the lunacy and the leap of logic it takes to even say something like that is yeah, out loud. Right. And what? and how are we, how are we, we're comparing like our Jews, the virus, like, like our, you know, like you think about yeah. wearing masks and, and getting vaccinated to protect <clears throat> the people around you. Like in that, in that um, comparison, does that mean that the Jews are, are like a danger to other people? And by putting that, I don't understand. I just don't, I don't, I don't get that, that leap logic. of logic. And then yeah. like also, okay, Hunger Games. Okay, so if you're the oppressed, like who's the, who are the people in the capital? Like RuPaul's Drag Race? Like that makes sense to me, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, they literally want to demolish the capital, guys. Take the yeah. capital out and distribute their wealth amongst the districts. You guys aren't for socialism. They were for right. socialism. Yeah. Like, you're totally missing the point of this fucking movie. What is happening yeah, right now? Right. <laughs> I just can't. And they're like, this means revolution. I'm like, no, asshole. This means your your comrades died. I said in the movie, mm -hmm, right. let's annihilate the rich and dispense it upon the, the poor. Like, it's socialism. I know. Yeah. It's a hard concept, yeah. guys. But that's what that movie is about. Yeah. I guess we can never just hope they never watch Field of Dreams or something. And I just got like a bunch of GOP guys like becoming baseball players. Like, did you guys understand what happened here? Like, what's happening? Yeah. I have people that tell me that Back to the Future and Terminator were like preempts for our future. Right? I'm, I know for Shane, he's like, what's happening? If you really want, if you really want to get lost down the dark, deep rabbit hole, you go Google Tom Numbers and watch that batshit crazy man's videos and and how much he loves back to the future and the terminator and so many other movies that he has is turned the into is, the is terminator the equals that? like trump is jesus i'm not even kidding like it's bizarre. did he did he compare um uh joe biden driving in the f-150 to the old man in in back to the future because I mean, like, he probably would have he probably those kind of connect <laughs> i mean i'm sure he would find that parallel if he tried <laughs> the numbers have to add up, Jessica. The numbers have to add up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, how fast Trump, is he going? Trump equals the Messiah. I hope you know that. <laughs> All right. Well, the next question that I have was actually from my husband. And um, he's wondering, the big weird dad is wondering kind of what, I know you've explained it a little bit, but other than the the like basic you know info grabbing that you had what was the scope of information that you that you had exactly like what what were you if you can say what were you what were you tracking yeah so the idea was and i'll just kind of name it so um i was using clavio for email tracking uh, the way our system works is through adroll so adroll is an advertising service that a lot of advertisers use adroll has an api and so what I did is I used the Adroll API. Um, that's a SQL-based API. So it allows me to take everything out and take that database and extract it. Um, and then I was able to cross-reference it using another marketing tool that's frequently used called Hotjar. So Hotjar takes screen recordings of everything. Um, okay. And so we, we overlaid the screen recording with the Adroll information. We were able to determine high intent people, what pages they went to, uh, how long they spent on the site, what they hovered over. And then we started targeting messaging to them. 
And then we do that on all our sites. So the idea behind this is that I can get an idea of, you know, what your mouse hovers over, what you're reading the most. Uh, I don't mm -hmm. even have to know what you click. So, you know, we're able to then take these and we measure intent groups. And I start building groups the same way I would with like my corporate clients, where we, mm -hmm. you know, if we were, we're going to try and build a group for an advertiser, we do the same thing, but here it's just with misinformation. And so the mm -hmm. only thing that we can't do is that, you know, you know, basic data privacy stuff. I can't attach your personal information to this like non PII uh, ID we assign you, but yeah, I can get a pretty good idea of what you want, what you want to buy, how many kids you have, how old you are. Um, you know, on Clavio, they allow us to collect birthdays. So for a, lot, a while, we were collecting everyone's birthday on the way in. Uh, so we could send them happy birthday emails. Uh, I don't know what we're going to end up doing with that later, but we can. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's really more about understanding how old they are. They give us their date of birth and we say, Hey, we'll send you a, a special message on your birthday. Well, now, now I know exactly how old you are. I've you know, got a, a great pinpoint for a good demographic demographic pinpoint. Right. So we could, we collected as much as we could and, you know, not shockingly, um, you know, it's a lot of older conservative people. You know, it's not, there's not a lot of young people that are trafficking these ideas. There's a few, they're the outliers, but it's kind of what you already thought it was. You know, you've got a lot of people who are 55 plus, uh, the zip codes that we're signing up were, you know, not just from Georgia, you know, our, our, we ended up expanding that it's kind of strange how it happened. We ended up having people from Hawaii, you know, joining wow. this list. And so, yeah, cause like, you know, parlor, they sign up, they want to be part of the quote unquote truth or whatever it is. And so, right. you know, we started realizing that it's a fairly large footprint, but you know, when you look at these zip codes, not a lot of, not a lot of urban zip codes. It's a lot of rural mm -hmm. areas and you know, it's, it's Trump's America. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. like I, and I was, I, I think is I'm, I was born and raised in Atlanta. Uh, but you know, I also lived in rural Georgia for a little while and you know, I, I know the people, you know, I know exactly the kind of mm -hmm. folks that I was dealing with, you know, here in South Texas, we've, we've got friends that are hardcore Trump supporters. I know it sounds crazy, but like I have a friend who has the full Trump wrap on the vehicle with the flags and everything on the expedition. So it's like, I know these people, right? And you know, I have you got to interact with them. Um, uh, so I, I, I'm not surprised to find out that the things they're saying out loud are the same things that I have heard, you know, on the internet. It's they, they repeat the same talking points. It's just weird when I hear it in the real world. Sometimes I'm like, dang, you, wow, you said that out loud today. That's real cool. You know, like, what are you gonna Did do? You did you, I'm sure my followers are wondering, did you ever uncover inf any information that you had to forward to the FBI? I mean, it, people had stuff out on parlor that, that ended up, you know, getting FBI attention. So I'm sure that behind closed doors, it was no, <laughs> so worse. yeah, the, the submit fraud information stuff was benign or stupid or sometimes um, it's kind of funny. So sometimes people who are uh, liberal would troll us. And so I would get sent like fur people in furry costumes as pictures, you know, like they would send me funny stuff. And like, I'm like, Hey, this person got a sense of humor, but a lot of it was like, check this out. And it's like a Facebook post or a screen cap or a meme or some strange, you know, diagram that could really have been put together with like red string, you know, red yarn and like little photos. It was just, yeah it was like some beautiful mind stuff and <laughs> there was really nothing like there's nothing of substance. Like there was never a threat. It was like, 
sadly people people being genuine you know like i think that's the crazy part about this is i think their concerns are genuine i really do think that some of these people do believe that they have uncovered the great Uh election fraud and you know of course they haven't you know any person could have debunked it you know a lot of these things are videos that have been seen by a million people and it's sad that they're genuine and earnest in their beliefs but nothing Mm -hmm. is worth like you know, there's never like if, if there's anything worth passing along, like a real bomb threat or a terrorist item where I'm going to do this. Yeah, of course, you know, I'll contact the proper authorities. But, right. you know, this is this is, you know, your your aunt, you know, Faye on Facebook who saw a link and clicked it, went on her parlor account, uh, saw a guy who said that, you know, these four black guys were standing outside the voting location. And that possibly couldn't happen because why would black people vote? And then here's, you know, maybe you look into this location and it's like. Yeah, I couldn't imagine black people live in Fulton County. No, let's look into that. You know, like. <laughs> oh my gosh, um, what are what are your thoughts on the um, on this audit that's happening in in Arizona? All all these audits. I mean, when you understand like the voting technology and voting machines that you know they're using complex mix nets that are almost impossible to ever hack. Uh, that the the every single place there's been an audit, every single review where, you know, a real company has gone in and done a proper audit, not, you know, the cyber Mm -hmm. ninjas, the results come out roughly the same. Sometimes there'll be a vote or two difference because of some weird signature issue or whatever it is, but it's not like you're having hundreds or even thousands. You might have a half a dozen votes change, which is enough to change literally zero elections. And so they, I think they do it because their motivation is to undermine the faith of an election mm-hmm. and and not really to ever overturn an election. I think they said the same thing in Georgia, like, oh, we don't think this is going to do anything. We're yeah. just we're just trying to really make sure and impress upon people that we don't like the outcome. And it's like, okay, right. so you're just anti-democracy. Cool. Got it. <laughs> I mean, they've, they've proved that, that through and through. Um, yeah. I'm interested from your perspective, because whenever I look at what uh, the cyber ninjas are, I, I just get more and more confused. Like, can you can you break that down for me? Like, what are they? <laughs> I, I don't even know if you know anything about them, but <laughs> the, 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 on their best day, the cyber ninjas are bad web developers that aren't talented enough to get jobs at reputable companies. Um, you know, like they have like, even like their websites poorly designed, you can't take it seriously. They don't have any real meaningful clients. They exist in what I will call general right wing grift world where there are many people uh, uh, in conservative circles and people who are willing to donate money to groups like the cyber cyber ninjas, because they believe the cyber ninjas with a name like cyber ninjas who couldn't be legit. And, you know, and so they donate money to these people because they present themselves to these authorities and in information security and penetration testing. When in fact, when you look at the resumes of their founder, you know, the people that work for him, they would struggle to get entry level positions, even at, yield local IT company. These are not talented people. So the reason that they end up doing strange and bizarre things like looking for bamboo in paper, like what is because there aren't valid, they, one, they don't have the ability to conduct an actual forensic audit of any of these machines. They don't have the technical know-how. So rather than doing something that would be at least useful uh, or something that, you know, I would even say is eh, technically they're doing something that is verifiably 
smart, you know, like, oh, the voting machine, let's audit, you know, this mix. No, they're looking at they're looking for bamboo and paper because China or something like it's just yeah. some some of it is just so lazy that I I, I feel like even addressing it is <laughs> like I feel I feel dumb even addressing like who are the cyber ninjas <laughs> like guys who right. couldn't get a local IT job like they would right. they would work yeah. for your local IT company but they would be the dude who comes in and like struggles for 20 minutes to get your your internet working and then wanders back downstairs and eats a sandwich and doesn't get anything done like that's the guy <laughs> you know like <laughs> I literally posted a video of them and I jokingly said why are they giving this machine a colonoscopy but they were they were legit shoving a light um, endoscopy into a Dominion machine. And I'm like, what are they doing? And the woman in the background's like, I was in public health. I'm like, what is happening? Are you are you is this is this a, a colon screening? Like is is, yeah. is the machine in <laughs> the files cancer? are in the computer? The yes. in the computer. <laughs> we'll shine a light in there. That's where the votes are. I'm like, well, I'm sitting here like thinking myself, like, don't you have the ballots? Like, can't you just count the ballots? Like, why are you shoving an endoscopy inside of a machine? I don't no. understand. Because those machines, they they have the they can defy physics and they can change physical matter. So <laughs> when those ballots go in. I don't know. No, no telling what I mean, would happen. And everyone in my comment section is like, you know, Ivanka Trump has patents on on voting machines. Like, if they break the machines and they have to buy more, then she makes money. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. So why Always a is that not mentioned? Like, <laughs> yeah, no. But they, you know, I will say this about the cyber ninja. Those ninjas, they definitely they put together a website with a lot of really cool stock images of ninjas. That's, that's about all I have to say. <laughs> that's yeah. all well, I got from looking at their website. I'll say my, my takeaway is this, and, and this is like useful if you work in, in democratic policy, you work in digital strategy. So my take on this has been, I'm, I, I appreciate the GOP doing everything that they've done because when you look at GOP strongholds like Utah, right? Like they're not contesting the vote in Utah. 95% of Utah votes by mail. Uh, they send ballots, not ballot request forms, but actually ballots in the mail. Like when Republicans, and I made a TikTok about this, but when Republicans design their own voting system in states where they know they have a majority, where it's not close, mm -hmm. they do it like Utah does. And Utah has a great voting system. I'm not even saying that Utah has a bad voting system. I encourage people to vote by mail. It's convenient. Uh, it's easy. I, do it, but 95% of Utah is voting by mail. They're sending ballot requests. They're, they have multiple forms of ID they accept. And so what I would suggest is that, you know, if you have more nefarious sort of, well, not even nefarious, just you know, let's say you exist in the gray areas like I do. Um, if you live in a state that's a Republican stronghold that has easy access to ballots, you might want to start maybe parroting some of these talking points within your own state to make it more difficult for Republicans to vote. Because if this is their sincere belief and they want to make it harder to vote, I'm fine. Do it in Georgia, but you know, go ahead and hit Utah and Wyoming too for me. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Because like, like, take a state like Wyoming and in Utah, especially where you have a lot of rural voters, they need to vote by mail. It's not convenient to drive 70 miles from the middle of whatever mountain city you live in to go to yeah. a, a high school gymnasium. The reason right. they do it is is convenience, Conven and so. Yeah. So if they if they started implementing their own voting or well, the the quote unquote voting policies that they would want in Georgia and places like Utah, they would they would be putting their own elections at risk because then it, they would make it harder for rural voters. And then you would have, you know, 
more urban areas carrying votes. And I yeah. think that, you know, they need to be very, very careful with what they're doing, but I'm not going to help them be careful. I'm going the complete opposite direction with it. I'm <laughs> going to make sure that people in, in red states are terrified of voting by mail. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I live in a red County in, in California, but, but in that, and it is required that you vote by mail in my County for the same reason that you said I would have to drive probably an hour and a half to, to vote. Um, you know, and, but you literally can't there, you cannot vote anyway, but mail, but by mail in my County. So I'll definitely, I'll definitely keep uh, promoting that, the, <laughs> what they, you know, cause I'm willing to drive an hour and a half, but uh, you know, some of my, my neighbors, I don't think they are. <laughs> yeah. Make your County blue, Jessica. <laughs> oh, that'd be nice. I need to. Man, if I wasn't such, I didn't have so many freaking skeletons in my closet. Well, not skeletons, but you know, I'm not exactly electable in this in in this area. But McClintock needs to go, and that's who that's who our person is. And I I like I'm thinking about like trying to reach out to whoever is running against him to like see how Wait. I can help. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. I'm just curious, speaking of kind of upcoming elections, did you hear about the Richard, um, I'm trying to find my information on him, Bochard, Bochard? So it just came out, he's running for Congress in 2022. He got a 14-year-old pregnant when he was 18. Um, oh, it gets better. So he gets her pregnant, convinces her to keep the baby, marries her a year later when she's 15, he's 19, divorces her when she's legal at 18. She takes her own life within like the next year. He raises oh the child God. on his own. The son is now, and, and mind you now, this all just came out and he's like condoning it. Like I, we did the right thing and I stood by her and da, 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 da. And she tragically took her own life and, you know, and he like was making excuses for him, you know, statutory rape basically come to find out a little bit digger dig deeper his son who's 36 is in jail for sodomy oh jeez that Do he people had still go to jail for sodomy i guess i mean or he has charges for sodomy i don't know he's got char sodomy charges against for who oh I mean, but like, i don't know i think it was a mine i think it was something to do with oh, a minor well that's that's legit but like who is it's sodomy just, yeah it's Anyways. interesting to me like <laughs> The, the the GOP was masterful and making Dennis Hastert their speaker of the house pretend like he didn't exist when you know he went to prison for molesting children like the speaker of the house did that for the GOP Jesus Christ I mean this wasn't even that long it was what 10 or 15 years ago it's just amazing that they they were able to so easily sweep some of these issues under the rug Matt Gates is currently being Matt Gates I mean, I mean you know I'll tell you what and my wife and I have talked about this I saw his face and I was not surprised. Uh, With, same. Yeah. I, I, he looked like a perv. <laughs> I've never yeah, he's just got him. a very like, pervy face. Always, he always gave me creepy vibes. <laughs> like, always. It's the hair, I think. I don't know. And, and so, always something about him. But like, you know, I feel like, you know, a lot of it is, well, especially just, you know, to kind of get back to, you know, what I saw on the, the inbounds, they don't really have policy ideas. And so when you have no policy ideas, like, like and I, I, this is something my wife and I talk about frequently. I, I basically feel like it's people with policy ideas, like, you know, and the Democrats, and they don't even have a ton, you know, I really do feel like it's just like these strange one quasi functioning political party and one political party that's just strange, you know? And so 
they're not trying to improve healthcare. There isn't like defense spending cuts. There isn't any infrastructure plan. It's just like, Hey, we, uh, we got you like a $600 tax cut in 2017. Congratulations. You know, like (laughs) go get yourself a pair of air Jordans and a a, meal at Applebee's and you're done. And like, it's easy to bribe them. And so when you have that kind of, when you, when you don't have people who have to implement public policy or have any background in policy or explain big ideas, yeah, you can elect somebody who, I mean, who among us didn't get a 14 year old pregnant at 18, you know, like, I, <laughs> like, it's just like, who are these people? Like, where do you find them? Yeah, I know. I know. And and the funny thing is that the, the right is the one that's literally creating this entire narrative. I don't know how much you saw about like the extreme conspiracies, like the cabal and all that. I guess yours was more targeted towards voting, but like they have these incredible save the children cabal, like story tales. And I'm like, have you looked at your own party? And I'm not, I'm not denying there's not that kind of behavior on the left. There is, but it's the fact that that is kind of entrenched in a very conservative Christian mindset too. Like right. we're seeing a lot of this Christianity mindset, this this oppression of their sexuality. We've talked about this many times on here. But like this is a perfect example. He felt obligated for her to have the baby. He felt obligated to marry her. Like where did that obligation come from? You know what I mean? He felt obligated to have sex with a 14-year-old. That should have been the obligation that should have stopped. But his Christianity didn't get in the way of that, but it got in the way of everything that followed, you know, course. So I just find it interesting that, you know, right. it's it's so predominant on the right. And yet they're the ones that are like, Hollywood and the cabal. I'm like, okay. Right. Right. As <laughs> if like a an intrinsic personality trait of being a liberal is being a pedophile is like yes. what I get from that. And meanwhile, yes. like you could you know, it's anecdotal evidence, obviously, but like, you could actually say that about the right, even though, you know, there's obviously a lot more behind it, but we're not weaponizing that. Well, I've just, I've noticed it's a strange trend and I don't know what it is because it was a QAnon trend where there's this idea and I don't know what it is where I I feel like a lot of things uh, in conservative media circles connect to pedophilia where they have connected the transgender bathroom yes. rights bills to pedophilia they have right. connected uh whether or not you know you allow um gay what is it scout leaders to serve whether or not they're yes. going to become pedophiles because they're gay like it seems like all roads lead to pedophilia for them when in fact you know it's just it's it's not a liberal or conservative thing there's just just right. a few twisted people out there and there's yeah. and, and and it's clearly not a pizza restaurant and it's not some strange <laughs> blood drinking thing it's just it's a crime right. that's fairly rare that happens regardless of your political affiliation. But because I think it's um, scary and and it's it's it kind of goes back to that fear complex, right? Where when you're attuned to listen to fear, fear of immigrants crossing the border and whatever comes next after they cross the border and they're not really crossing the border because we know that 80% of them come on in airplanes and overstay their visas. But anyway, so it's like they come in in uh, Southwest or whatever, and then they do what? I'm scary. You know, like everything right. that they are piped in, whether it's, you know, Infowars, if they're that far or Fox News, when when all you hear is fear, then obviously the, the pedophilia angle just kind of plays into that because it's, it's more fear, which is, right. I, I mean, yeah, legitimately, yeah, I wouldn't want anything bad to happen to my son. It's just that it's rare, <laughs> you know, right. like, it doesn't yeah. happen very often. And there are other bigger issues that are much more common that I would love to solve and have conversations about. But, you know, yeah, let's let's talk about this cabal or whatever. When I get in the right. argument with people all the time, they're like, child trafficking is real. I said, yeah, in like the UK and Africa, like in the States, 
I'm like, do you realize like 99% of children that go missing are home, like return home safely? Like it's usually like an instant, like a parent issue or oh, yeah. it's right, a child custody dispute. It's like right, exactly. it's or something never like mad, a yeah. legitimate human trafficking. And I actually right. like called this guy out on it. Um, and he blocked me, but, um, but he just, you know, he got mad because I'm like, you're telling half the story. Like you're saying, he was like, nobody, everyone cares about 500 and some odd thousand people die from COVID. No one cares about 480,000 children missing every year. I'm like, because 99% of them go back home. Well, what about that 1%? I'm like, really? Like that's, that's going to, how you're going to double down. But no, it's right. just, it's not something that happens in the States. It is, it's a global issue. And it's ironic that a bunch of nationalists are crying about a global issue that they have no intent of actually rectifying in my opinion. Yeah. yeah the, well, the, narr the narrative in child trafficking is uh, they, they want it to be silence of the lambs and it's Maury Povich, you know, it's family disputes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 You're, you're totally right. I mean, you know, I, I don't talk about it a ton here, but you know, a lot of the stuff that I do on my main account is for mom groups. And it's like, you know, there are so many times I see in a mom group, you know, someone being like, oh, my ex won't let me take, you know, my kid on a vacation or like that. That is what people get in trouble for the most. Mm -hmm. And like, you're right. It's it is fear. It's weaponizing fear. It's like if you walk up to the street, walk up to somebody on the street and say, um, are, do you kill babies? Most ninety nine point nine percent of people are going to say no. If you say, do you want to kill babies? People are going to say no, but like, and that's how they're equating like a, a, a pro-choice mindset is exactly. that these people Pr want to kill babies. One percenter. Proud one percenter. Right here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, killing babies, we Who do that it? all the time, yeah, but like, you know, it's like, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like that's why I try and like use my TikTok channel. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be as responsible as I can about it, but that's why I try and, you know, talk about things that I think are like real issues for parents. Cause you know, my, when Jack was born, my wife uh, left her job. So we, you know, she could take a year off and just kind of, you know, raise the, the baby together. It's mm -hmm. been great. Um, but right. she's about to go back to work. And so, you know, now we're looking at childcare for the first time and I'd never really looked into it. And like, if we're going to talk about issues related to children that actually impact every American, like I would, I would, I would much rather have a, a conversation about childcare costs. Cause that's something that yep. most parents yes. deal with. Very few parents are ever going to deal with their children being abducted. God forbid I ever do. But you know, I think every, every parent is going to deal at some point with whether or not, you know, they want to pay for more expensive childcare, less expensive, what's closer, what's convenient, the school, whatever it is. And so Quality. I wish I could have a productive conversation with people on the right about that. And I can't right. because they are so far off in, in crazy world that like, yeah. I, like, we're not having a discussion whether or not it should even be subsidized. They're saying your children are going to be abducted by crazy people in pizza shops. And I'm saying, yeah, but I, I just like, you know, maybe like a $300 a month, you know, check just to kind to help ease the, b the bill a little bit you right. know like but but if you could not afford to have a child on one income then you shouldn't have had a kid in the first exactly. place but, exactly. you know, it's just like the cut so yeah. cut and dry you know it's like even like you think about like dr laura like you know she's su dr laura's super conservative she's not in the in the the limelight right now thankfully but like you know that she has made an entire career off of this cut and dry black and white like you you don't live with your partner until you're married and then you don't have kids until you own your house outright no mortgage and you know and like yeah. and you can survive on one income and like, it's like the you know, psycho it, it, female it, right. dave ramsey 
Right. And any <laughs> deviation from that is unacceptable, you know, and that's a conversation that we do need to be having, but that's socialism. So yeah. no, yeah. We can't, that's the thing. Like, this is why we can't have nice things. And like, right. honestly, like I'll, I'll, I'll say this, like the, the one reason that I am thankful, at least in like what I've been able to do recently is that, you know, I do think that if, you know, th there's two parts of this. I think that we, we we can change America, and I actually had hope this last political cycle. And this is the only the only candidate that that uh, allowed me to go outside of the NDA to talk. Uh, like, and that's why I bring her up so much on TikTok. My friend Kayla Young, she had never run for office before. She was a single mom with two kids in, in West Virginia, and uh, she told me she wanted to run for office. And you know, we'd been friends since before she ran, and. You know, we ran a focused political campaign with a positive message in West Virginia, and she talked to people. And you know, and it's West Virginia, or you know, Charleston, where she is, is you know about half Republican, half Democrat. You know, yeah. not not a slam dunk by any stretch of the imagination. But you know, I do think that if you're able to get to people's front door, which she was able to, even you know, in the pandemic with her mask on, like you can talk to people about you know real issues, but you have to get them away from their phones and their computers. You have to say, hey, what's going on with your your coal job? Are you still working in the mine? Uh, do you you know are you working in the the administrative side of the mining? Are you does somebody is your family member impacted by the opioid epidemic? You know those are those are the real issues that she was able to win on, and it's unfortunate that you have to get people away from the internet to to get them to react to you that way. And, and, you know, for me, at least personally, like I'm, I'm on the other side, of course, you know, it's like trying to gauge people on the internet to get them go the other way. But yeah, there is hope to it. There is, it's not like a yeah. hopeless, it's not completely hopeless. It's just, it's sometimes there are days where it, it seems pretty bleak. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. What are your hopes for the future? How, you know, how do you, you know, like I said earlier, if you can share this, what are, what are you hoping to take this project into and, and kind of change the way that we look at political, you know, information that we, we receive online, you know, uh, this problem I'm, that we have. <laughs> I'm going to do a small part. You know, I, I try not to think of myself as too big a piece of the machine just because I'm one person and then you know I'm working with a half a dozen people. So our our little organization small and even if we were to grow, there are a lot of political strategy organizations and digital strategy, digital campaign organizations out there. And we're not going to be any more effective. I can't shift public perception that much, you know, an, an extremely effective, you know, digital strategy campaign might get you a, a point and a half or two in, a, in an election. It's just people are really entrenched in what they believe you're fighting against decades mm -hmm. of learned behavior. So for me personally, I'm going to do what I can and what I think are close races, you know, we'll work with candidates and campaign managers, you know, during the political cycles. And, you know, in the meantime, you know, just, you know, <laughs> just, yeah, I guess between us in the audience like you know sarah and i and jack we're moving to norway i have no intention of staying in the united states um you know so like i i've got to the point where personally i didn't i didn't think i could change the world enough and because of my line of work and the contracts i have one of one of the uh, companies i work with is in norway they're willing to sponsor in a movie there so we'll be there in, by march of next year oh, so wow. so yeah like i i got to a point where strange as to say like my patriotism my my willingness to try and change the system was overridden by the fact that when my son gets school age even though it's rare school shootings happen and i don't want to i just don't want to have to deal with things like wondering if my kid's going to come home from school to yeah. me that seems like a burden that i don't want to yeah. deal with mm -hmm. and I think that if any other parent was in my position, they would probably do the same thing. So hundred yeah, yeah. percent go, you know, go live in a country with great education, free college, 
a great healthcare system where people live 10 years longer. And, yeah. um, you know, if, you know, he'll always be a U.S. citizen. We'll always be U.S. citizens. We're, we'll maintain the house here in Texas. We're not, you know, we're not getting rid of it or anything. It's just that, you know, I, I can't find a good reason to stay. And, you know, I think for me, it was probably January 6th that cemented that where I was like, hey, you know, like we might be able to win a few campaigns and, and change a thing here or there. But I think that, you know, Unfortunately, from, from my point of view, at least, I think our democracy broke a long time ago, which is why I kind of like yeah. look at the TikTok thing and the parlor <laughs> thing. And it's a sideshow, but it's it's kind of sad, honestly. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah. Well, it's really sad. Yeah. yeah. And I and I try, you know, I, I I agree. Like my husband lived in Denmark for a couple of years and it's and I've been been there and it's night and day. It's night and day. <laughs> like just the the climate and the way it's family focused, things closed are like it's just so different. So yeah, yeah. I, I agree hundred <laughs> percent. It's it, to me. It's always kind of funny too because you know I I you know got family like from South Korea and um you know I've been able to travel the world a lot and it's it's strange to me that like what you say about being family focused, it's it's kind of what conservatives always talk about. They say oh we want this family focused environment we mm -hmm. you know we want to live by these Christian values and I'm like if you only knew that all these Scandinavian countries exist and if you could just visit, you would realize that the thing that's probably in your head is what they have, but you've been scared away from it by interests that know that they can scare you away from that idea yeah. because it's profitable to do so. And I want to go live in that environment because it's great. I've been to Oslo. It's fantastic. And so I, I think that it's, it's, if I can get the message out there, I mean, of course I'll continue working in, in, in us policy because I can work from anywhere. I work on my computer, but, right. um, yeah. You know, it, it, it's it's to me, it got to a point where I was just like, if I have the choice and I did and, you know, Sarah and I talked about it, it's like, let's just let's just dip out. Let's go somewhere. You know, we can come back in five or 10 years or whatever it is. But, you know, let's let's at least show our son that there's another way to live that isn't yeah. this way. Right. You don't get that time back either. So. Yeah. No. Well, um, how, how can our followers support you and your your team? Oh, um, so, uh, if you want to like, so I've, I've got, I guess I could promote odd job. Um, <laughs> although it's not really like something that we have like a general contact form. It's not really public facing. So the political strategy group is oddjobindustries.com. Um, that's where the political, that's where campaign managers and stuff find us. Uh, my personal website is shanemorris.sucks. Uh, so you can sign up for my email form there. I I'm not on Facebook. I, I have an Instagram account. I don't use, I'm not on Twitter. I'm really only on TikTok. I, I generally try and avoid social media. I was off it for a while. Uh, but uh, yeah, you can you can always find me on my website. And and this is why I do that. I worked in social media for a while. I worked for MySpace when I was younger. Shout out. Um, and so I have this myopic view of social media and social, social media platforms live and die. But if you're really interested and you want to like read my blog post and see what's kind of going on, people can mm -hmm. always go to my website and read blog posts. And if, you, if it's intentional, cool. I don't send out a lot of emails just because I don't like annoying people because I know people don't like being annoyed. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, like go to my website if you're interested to go to the TikTok page. ShaneMorris.sucks is my TikTok as well. And, you know, you know go check it out. I, I don't like to self-promote that much. I feel like it's just... <laughs> I feel like other. I feel like there's plenty of people on TikTok who can stitch my videos and do the duets or whatever it is. Yes. Oh, totally. You know, I know. I know that our followers. You know, even people in my immediate family are just like, "How can we help him keep doing what he's doing?" And you know that that goes for for both of us too. You know, if you need help need help with any of this uh, project, yeah. we are so in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys definitely take deep dives, deeper dives on parlor than I would ever personally want to. So I will, I will be emailing you if we get to a point where we want some people who are. Uh, 
you know, really just got, uh, I don't know, just a, such a, a self-loathing where they really just need to get in the mud like that. You know, like you really yeah, got to dig it is, in. It is, it, is, yeah. it is a self-loathing. You're correct. It is. <laughs> okay. There's a reason why it's called Parlor Martyr. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't honestly, like seriously, thank you for doing what you do because there were a couple of times I logged in and um, I, I think like I lasted like five minutes. It was just... It's brutal because it made me feel bad. It was it was like watching a car wreck or something where you know you know? yeah, you yeah. just scroll. It's like it's like watching a car wreck. Just every time you scroll, it's just like another car wreck, or you know, like watching yeah. a child on a bike get hit by a car, or just something terrible. You know, you're just like you want to stop it, and you're just like, God, it's because the more I scroll, the worse it gets. And so I, I appreciate you you doing the work you do because I would <laughs> never do it. Yeah. I mean, they've they've got uh, ads built in now. Have you noticed that, Jess? There's like ads in the feed. Who advertises? Who are their advertisers? Um, it's like I took a well, screenshot. It's like you said, like a lot of like weird kind of cryptic, like late night television stuff. So I don't know if you've ever watched Doug Billings, and I'm sure he's a he's a fabulous source for for the right, but. He ha he will do an hour long segment, and I'm not kidding. Pay twenty commercials of like, you know, diet pills and Patriot merch and just the most wildest shit. And I'm like, back yeah. back a supporter. I'm like, dude, it's an yeah. hour. Like, I should not be seeing thirty minutes of advertisements on your hour YouTube channel or whatever. Yeah. But it's it like the the epitome of bait. It's like it's like God promotes this vitamin supplement like what <laughs> that's it <laughs> it sounds like you will live forever take it's, it it's the glue stuff it was the uh, patriot power green or whatever the heck it was you know like because somehow patriot they, they connected patriotism to smoothies smoothie powder and i was like what like sure i guess you know the trump like coin was pretty popular for a while in parlor yeah. well apparently uh lauren bobert bobert's um pronouns are now patriot so yes yes now whenever you say patriot you're talking about lauren bobert god she's so she's so embarrassing <laughs> Why she's embarrassing they yeah. both are we have a lot of embarrassment in our Congress right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, I think we will wrap it up. Shane, thank you so, so much for yes. joining us today. We are so glad to have you. We might need to have you back in the future. Huh. Um, we definitely will uh, be connecting and hopefully we can work together for some fun projects. But uh, everybody check out Shane Morris at shanemorris.sucks. And we will see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you.